0: I said I might do it, and here I am, talking about off-leash training. Everyone wants to have the perfect off-leash dog, but are you really willing to do the work? Remember what I said, everyone wants to want to.
1: We would love for you to join our community of dog lovers. Log on to Facebook and search for our business page, Family Dog Fusion. There, you will get updates as to what's going on with our dog loving family and friends from all over the world. See events, our travels, or just information that you may need about the podcast, our book, or the new products we'll be releasing. That's Family Dog Fusion on Facebook. See you there.
0: This is Discover Your Dog, the show that demystifies the leash so you can get off of it. I'm Benny Copeland, trainer of people, behaviorist to the off leash dog. And just like you, the listener, a dog lover. What are you thinking letting that dog off the leash? When I go into a home, I explain to the owner that the training we do for the next two to three months will all be on the leash. I also say that any expectation of the dog to do anything off the leash will take over a year. The more consistent you are, the quicker you will see results. The on-leash program takes about two to three months, as I said. The next step to training a dog off leash in the way that I train is to leave the leash on the dog for the next four to five months and practice doing all the commands without touching the leash or the dog. This is the process and the rules we are going to talk about today. Finally, when practicing commands and training off the leash, there's still another six to seven months that it will take the dog to get really well-trained when you have no leash at all. Add those months end-to-end, three plus five plus seven, it equals 15 months at the long end, 12 months at the short end.
1: Do you love what you hear in all of these podcasts? Does what Benny say just make sense to you? Well, if you want a more in-depth understanding of what it means when we say demystify your dog's behavior, then you need to go to amazon.com and get Benny's book, Family Dog Fusion. Yes, we named the book after the website because we wanted things to be simple to remember. And most of all, we really want to fuse your dog into your family. In these few pages, Benny has decoded dog behavior. He's found a way to make what he has learned over the past 20 years of his life make sense when it comes to communicating with your dog. Also, the great thing about this book is you can mark up the pages, highlight the important stuff, bend the heck out of the spine even if you want to. It's yours. So we suggest to do all those things and then give it away and buy a new book when that happens. Family Dog Fusion on amazon.com. Get your copy today. So,
0: you think you're ready to start teaching your dog to behave even when the leash is not on her. Well, you better have some patience. I start the off-leash process by working with my dog on the leash for four to five months prior to no leash at all. Why do you think I do this? Have you ever noticed that your dog, especially that a dog that has gone through on-leash training... It seems to mind better when the leash is on, rather when there is no leash at all. Why do you think that is? Most people think it's because the dog knows that you can correct her if necessary. Actually, in this stage of training, you're not even allowed to touch the leash. The reason is, is that during training, your dog has associated the leash with having to do all that stuff you made her learn. She, at this point, does not believe you were the one that was making her do the commands. When the leash is on, she thinks that that leash will make her stay in line. This is also why I do this stage of training the way that I do. I want you, the dog lover, to start learning how to really respond to your dog's behavior appropriately. When you are not allowed to touch the leash or your dog, It is impossible to make your dog do anything. This is where I truly learned the meaning of the willingness to obey that I talk about so much. I did the willingness to obey in quotes there with my fingers. The title of this show is The Three Rules for off leash Training. But when I'm talking to an owner... This is the very last thing that we talk about, and I call it my three rules of consistency. They are also referred to that in my book, Family Dog Fusion. Available as a great Christmas gift on Amazon.com. So with that, let's get into the rules. Rule number one and the most important rule. Once you give your dog a command, no matter what happens, you always have to end it in a positive way. Let me give you an example. Your dog is outside. She has her leash on, and you're about 10 feet away from her. You ask her to lie down, and at almost that same moment you gave the command, a squirrel goes flying by her, and she's off. She is going to do her best to get the squirrel, despite the fact you just told her to lie down. There is no way she is going to do this command that you just gave her. How would you end that in a positive way? Here is a situation in which you know there is no way she will complete the command, and yet you still have to end it in a positive way. How do you end a command? In my training, we have a phrase to let the dog know she is done with the last command given. We say, all done. This is our release command and that is what you will say to your dog. Of course, if you use a different phrase as a release, say that. (laughs) Saying all done releases your dog from the command and now you can just watch her in that futile squirrel capture and listen to the barking. Do you think your dog remembered that you gave her a command anyway? Heck no. Just be done, and then you can work on that thing later. Yes, all done is not positive in the way that we think loving and pleasing, but all done is not negative, and that's what I mean by ending it in a positive way. In a scenario in which you realize there is no way your dog will complete that command that you just gave, be done. Practice later. I mean, anything you do at this point anyway will just be attention for your dog breaking the command anyway. This is not only a practice for your dog. It is a practice for you. Do you think you can just be done and walk away? I don't. I think you have to be right and you think that it's important that your dog mind you every time and at the exact moment you say anything to your dog. You lack the patience and perseverance that it takes to just be done in the moment. But if you want to be consistent, you want to have a well-trained dog, you need to just be done. All done. Rule number two. Once you give a command, you cannot touch your dog or the leash and you have to do everything in your power to get your dog to do the command. Look, there are times when there is no way your dog is going to listen to you or complete the command, but most of the time this is not the case. You're just impatient. Don't give up on your dog. If you really want to learn what it takes to train a dog off the leash, you have to adhere to this rule. All the rules are important. And rule number two is about not giving up on your dog too early. Did you do everything in your power to get your dog to do that command without touching her or the leash? Or did you just give up and grab the leash and make her do it? There are tools you have in order to get your dog to pay attention to you without touching her. What do you do now when your dog's outside and you want her to come in? What do you do to get your dog to come to you when you're across the room or in another part of the house? What do you say to your dog when she's doing something you don't want her to do and you need her to stop? These are all things that you can do in order to get your dog to stop doing what she's doing and pay attention to you. Then she has to complete the command without your physical help. Let me give you another example. You have been working with your dog on coming to you when called. You have listened to episodes 264 through 267 multiple times, and you're putting the homework into action. Things are going well. Your dog is recalling more times than not, so you decide to up the ante and take your dog to a place with a few more distractions. Here you are at the dog park, and you've walked around the park a few times and Your dog has wandered off about 30 feet away, so you decide to get your dog to come to you. You turn toward her and give her the command you use to make her come. Just as you say the command, a dog and owner come walking through the gate. And this is one of her favorite playmates. And you now have that big distraction you were looking for. What do you have in your power to make your dog stop paying attention to her friend, Pay attention to you and come to you in that moment. And, by the way, you have to keep from being distracted yourself. Remember, when training your dog, you only have three tools. Praise, motivation, and correction. These are the tools you will use to get your dog's attention. Praise is only praise when your dog completes the command and you give positive, pleasing, loving attention once she comes to you. So, as far as praise is concerned, it only counts when she has completed the command. The other two tools are motivation and correction, and you cannot touch your dog. If you're doing this appropriately, your dog still has her leash on as well. So motivation, anything positive you use to make your dog pay attention to you and make the choice that you want. There are three types of motivation when it comes to dog training, probably human training as well. I don't know. Body language, voice tone, and physical motivation. Body language, jump up and down, wave your arms, squat down to the ground, or Anything that would get your dog's attention. I've even walked away from my dog so she would follow. Voice tone. Go to a higher pitch. Make those sweet and squeaky sounds. Yell happily or even yell angrily. These are all voice tones that you can use to get your dog's attention. But if you yell angrily and you yell your dog's name in a mean tone... Is that motivation? No. That's something negative you use to get your dog's attention. And we will discuss that in a few minutes. Physical motivations. Treats or toys are things you can physically offer your dog to get her attention. Whatever you need to do, do it. The problem with physical motivation, and any motivation for that matter, is that it's easily overused and physical motivations are a high value to your dog. She will start to expect you to use those things every time if it becomes a habit for you to use them. But as part of rule number two, you have to do anything in your power. So if that's what it takes, do it. Motivation is always the better choice when trying to get your dog to do what you need. And you can use correction as well. And remember, you cannot touch your dog or the leash. So what do you have as a correction? The word no. If you have gone through any formal training, your dog should understand the word no means stop doing what you're doing and pay attention. Yes, you can say, "eh," or you can say your dog's name in a negative tone, But the more consistent you are with the word no, the better you will see your dog react to that word, even in more distracting situations. Rule number two is to teach you to never give up on your dog. As I always say, anytime you must use motivation or correction to get your dog to do something, this creates that your dog is not doing that thing willingly. So how do you get your dog to do a command willingly in every situation? Practice and practice and practice. And that takes us to rule number three. Whenever you ask a command of your dog and that command is unsuccessful, you have to pick up the leash and do that command 10 times before ever trying the command off the leash again. This means 10 times on the leash for every one unsuccessful event. Does that remind you of anything? This is my 10 to 1 rule that I mention every now and then. For every one time you correct your dog for anything, you must praise her 10 times for doing what you want her to do. And I just realized that the last show I did on this rule is only available on the website, familydogfusion.com. In episodes 016 and 017, I go in-depth about this rule. It may be time for a redo on this one. I really need to break down rule number three for it to make sense. Let's start with the 10 to 1 since I mentioned it. There are two reasons you need to practice with your dog on the leash if the command was unsuccessful. One is to break up that unsuccessful event with 10 successful events. Anything you do once or twice does not create a habit. But if you keep doing things that don't work and your dog doesn't pay attention, then it will never work. If you are working off the leash and your dog does not respond immediately, or you need to use motivation or correction to get your dog to do that command then practice. Practice 10 times more on the leash than you do off the leash. This is a good rule of thumb in life anyway. The second reason is for you. When working on the leash, especially if you did on-leash training, you may have noticed that there were times when your dog was all about the work and really paying attention to you. Then there were those times when she just would not respond to anything. Typically, this is because of your energy. If you can notice what you do that works, keep doing that thing. If you notice what doesn't work, stop doing that. Trouble is noticing. Usually, you're just going through the paces. The other part of rule number three is when the command is unsuccessful. How do you know the command was unsuccessful? Especially when we're all different. You have different levels of tolerance than I do. You have different needs or wants for your companion. What may frustrate you may not be a problem with your friend or even your spouse. Unsuccessful is when you have used any form of motivation or correction to get your dog to do that command. Rule number two says to go ahead and use all the means necessary to get your dog to do the command. And the moment you use any means, you enact rule number three. Practice 10 times on the leash before trying it again off the leash. But like I said, everyone is different and their levels of expectation are different. With beans, I am very strict about her minding me on the first time. I have set those boundaries, and she's doing okay. Oz, on the other hand, gets a little leniency. I will call him once, and if he does not come, I'll call him again with a little firmer tone, and he comes. I also don't worry about him running off, and he's great about staying with me in almost every off-leash scenario. Some people are willing to call their dog or repeat a command four or five times. But how would you know that you really need to work on something in particular. It is in your gut and in your chest. If you start to get frustrated, angry, or aggravated that your dog is doing something in particular or that your dog is not minding you in a certain situation, then you need to work on that thing. If you feel it in your gut, if your chest gets tight when your dog does or doesn't do something you ask and you expect, then it's time to get to work on that command or behavior. Working on the leash gives you the physical control and gives your dog the practice needed, but it takes awareness on your part. You have to be aware that you're upset. Most people even don't even recognize it in the moment. Maybe a day or two later when you realize you were upset about something, and hey, the great thing is, you can work on it right then. There are times when your dog will never pay attention to you. There are times when your dog is all about you and it doesn't matter what the distraction is. How you respond in these moments is how well you are communicating with your dog. Do you see what works and what doesn't? Do you take the time needed or are you impatient? Do you practice or do you think that Because you said something to your dog once or twice, she should know what you want and expect. These rules are very basic and very simple. The problem comes when you expect so much from your dog and you're not willing to practice. These rules are simple. The application is what's difficult. This is not how you've been trained to communicate. Just like learning a new language, it takes time and practice to get into the groove of it. I realized when trying to learn Spanish that many languages are backwards when it comes to grammatical context. They say things in a different order. Or could it be that we're backwards and the rest of the world's languages are correct? Huh. The point is that when you're learning something new, there's a curve. You have to be willing to make mistakes and learn from them. You have to want to try something new. And you have to be patient and trust the process. So in summary, today we talked about my three rules for off-leash training. You discovered that these rules are about learning to be consistent when communicating with your dog. You also learned that it takes awareness and practice to get your dog to be a perfect member of the family.
1: Thank you. If you would like to contact us, we have a link on our website, familydogfusion.com. We would love to hear your opinion and we value your feedback. So again, familydogfusion.com. Or if you just want to send us a direct message, you can do that via email. It goes to familydogfusion at gmail.com. Your comments are important to us and help us with future shows. Thank you for listening to our show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. Also, go ahead and give us a five-star review because it helps others find our show. And frankly, we just love to read them. This show is produced by Eric Janer and show notes are created by Carissa Dolan. Thank you to all of the Family Dog Fusion team and our affiliate sponsor, healthy paws pet insurance. For your free pet insurance quote, go to familydogfusion.com slash insurance. And go to familydogfusion.com and sign up for your free membership today.
0: Be impeccable with your dog.